السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إن من أزواجكم وأولادكم عدوا لكم فاحذروهم وإن تعفوا وتسفحوا وتغفروا فإن الله غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم مولاي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم Honorable and respected ulama, my respected elders and brothers in Islam. Some few weeks back we had begun the topic of preparation. And when we speak about preparation, not necessarily preparation that is confined only to the month of Ramadan. But a preparation that will prepare us for Yawmul Liqa, the day we will meet Allah wa Ta'ala. That is the macro goal that each and every one ought to have. So we continue with that and there is a nikah that is going to take place. So we will discuss in the light of interpersonal relationship with others. And this is in actual fact the life of a believer, the life of a mu'min, how every day of our lives count. Surah Taqabun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the day of Qiyamah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to it at Yawmul Taghabun. Different names Allah ta'ala has given the day of Qiyamah, Yawmul Deen, Yawmul Fasl, Yawmul Hasra. And like that Allah ta'ala has mentioned Qiyamah by different names to bring to us the importance of this day and the multi-dimensional aspects of the day of Qiyamah. Coming back to Yawmul Taghabun. The day of profit and loss. What is this profit and loss? Many different interpretations. We will just go by the one for today that is most relevant to us. And that is a person in this world would have carried out numerous deeds, a great number of amal, obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the different aspects of his life. Perhaps it was not only far salat, but there was nawafil also. And together with his fard fast, there were nawafil. Together with his far zakat, there were also the sadaqat and the lillah that he had taken out. And to him he has earned. But unfortunately, he lacked in one department of his life. And that is 
his interpersonal relationship with others. There was sometimes oppression, sometimes he let someone down insofar as financial commitments are concerned, sometimes promises broken, zulam, oppression and all of that. In the hadith of Bukhari, our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam advised the ummah that settle your matters in this world before the day of Qiyamah. Settle it to have it forgiven. Give the rights to whomsoever is the rightful owner, otherwise have it forgiven. Because tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, it is not a world of gold and silver, it is not a world of rands and dollars. It's going to be a world of amal. We oppressed someone, the aggrieved is going to take our good deeds, and that's it, we had the profit, but now there is a loss. The good deeds are gone, the ill deeds of that person comes to us, يَوْمُتَّغَابُنْ In originality, we were profiteering. In originality, the scales of good deeds were heavier, but then the reality comes and the ill deeds of that person comes on to us. Our good deeds are gone to those individuals. In the light of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, inna min azwajikum wa awladikum aduwwal lakum fahdharuhum. O believers, some of your spouses, not necessarily wives, but we as husbands also. So Allah is addressing the husband as much as Allah is addressing the wife that certainly some spouses, some children, they are your enemies, but not enemies that bear grudge in their hearts, not enemies that have enmity for you, adu wallakum. They will carry out deeds that outwardly may seem to be an impediment for you, may seem to be your enemy, but the reality is it is not motivated by enmity, but it is in the normal cause of a person's life. Now when we look at this ayah in the light of the circumstances in which it was revealed, we go very quickly through this part. There were many sahaba that accepted Iman and Islam. They were reciters of the Kalima La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in those days it was fard, it was compulsory to make the hijrah. They tarried, they delayed, and when they intended to make the hijrah, their families, their wife and children didn't necessarily stop them. But they asked them the question, you are going, who is going to be here with us? Sayyidina Atai ibn Abi Ribah makes, makes a narration with regards to a particular sahaba. Sayyidina Awf ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The call is made to go out in the path of Allah. Which sahabi does not desire to go out in the path of Allah? The heart is filled with that desire. On the other hand, he goes home. His wife and children ask him the same question. Who would remain behind with us? Who will look after us? And the result was that he delayed in going out in the path of Allah. Nonetheless, those that didn't make hijrah, they delayed. 
when they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they realized a reality that those who had come before them to Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam superseded them in matters of iman, in matters of deen, insofar as their amal were concerned, they were far superior to them. And now in their hearts, there was this annoyance. In their hearts, there was this little bit of restraint with regards to their family. They didn't want to interact the way a man will interact with his wife or his children. And hence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees this situation. Some of them were on the verge of meeting out some punishment. And Allah wa ta'ala calms and cools the situation. وَإِن تَعْفُوا وَتَصْفَعُوا وَتَغْفِرُوا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Brothers, turn the pages of the Qur'an. When Allah Ta'ala speaks about forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala normally uses two different words. We don't have the time. But in this ayat is the only ayah that Allah Ta'ala has used three different words, three different terms, which otherwise could have had the same meaning, but Allah wa ta'ala brought it step by step. Now this is not only for the bridegroom, he's overwhelmed with other issues in his life. This is for each and every one of us, that we have issues, and look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the anger is caused because of Allah. They were held back from going out in the path of Allah. There was no material gain, there was no physical gain. It was supposed to be matters of emerging in the path of Allah. It was a matter of the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But look how quickly Allah ta'ala intervenes. وَإِن تَعْفُوا If you pardon. وَتَسْفَحُوا And you overlook. وَتَغْفِرُوا And you forgive. Ulama have expressed that there was now resentment in their hearts. There was that anger in their hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that take away that urge. Take away that urge of retaliation. That is the first. But obviously all this is possible when we go through that process of internal purification. And when we remember at all times we are going to be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A very interesting incident in the life of Shaykh Zakaria rahimahumullah that once he goes into the presence of his uncle Mawlana Ilyas rahmatullah and some of his disciples or rather one disciple had done something unbecoming something that he was displeased with the disciple realizes the displeasure and he asks him for forgiveness now this may have been a person that continuously asked for forgiveness. So Shaykh Rahmatullah said to him, by how many times should I be forgiving you? Mawlana Ilyas Rahmatullah interjects. And he says, by Zakaria, however many times you want Allah to forgive you, that is how many times you must forgive others. This is the golden rule. None of us are infallible. We break the commandments of Allah, we slip, we err. So as much as we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive, so in ta'afu, remove that urge, that desire of rebuke, that desire of resentment. 
of retaliating. What they have done was because of simple mindedness. Now when you do that, many of us are only satisfied after we take the revenge. After we've said a few words. And then we're happy. And then we make the announcement. This is what I said. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, remove the effects of it. Overlook it now. Remove the effects of it from your heart. And now you're ready to forgive. So forgive for the sake of Allah. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Then most certainly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafoor, Allah ta'ala is rahim, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also forgive you to a far greater extent. So that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bringing this in the context of a marriage. Usually we find that when we're dealing with our spouses, there is practically nobody there. Sometimes you are naive, we do it in front of the children. But at all times remember that this is the directive of Allah, an act that created the anger, the ill sentiments because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen. If we take it in a more general sense, then we will look at the lives of the very pious and we will find few examples, just one or two examples in the short time we have. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah, he lived in an era in which there was some issues with regards to very basic fundamental beliefs with regards to the Qur'an, we won't go into it. So Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah, a great Imam, he stood his grounds with regards to the belief of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. The result of it was that the Islamic government at that time, the Khalifa of that time, had number one, imprisoned Imam, Abu, Imam, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah, and besides imprisoning him, he was being lashed on almost a daily basis. The span of his imprisonment was two and a half years. And almost for two and a half years, he was being lashed on a daily basis. A person that spoke to the warden, the warden alluded to the fact that we used to take pride in who could lash him for a longer period of time. And who could lash him harder. So when he had been freed and he came out of prison, a physician came to see him and he asked him, how are you? So he responded that as far as the lashes are concerned, I have recovered, there is no pain. However, at this one particular spot, and he points to his back, there is excruciating pain, intolerable pain, and I do not know what to do. So when the person examines, he realizes that a piece of the leather of the lwop had gotten into the skin of Imam Ahmad rahimahumullah. In other words, when he was lashed, the skin opened and a piece of the whoop had gone into it. And now it begins to heal, but obviously it is septic. So the physician decided to carry out the operation and he heated the knife that he was going to use. And when he applied that knife on the back of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal to cut open, what would we go through? What would our exclamation be at that time? But what is the exclamation of Ahmad bin Hanbal? Mu'tasam billah, the Amir, the Khalifa of that time, 
who had imprisoned Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal or continued the prison sentence, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal begins to make dua for him, Allahumma gfil lil mu'tasim. Allahumma gfil lil mu'tasim. A person that continued the prison sentence, a person that continues the punishment of the lashing, that lashing that now causes this excruciating pain, he still makes dua for the person, Oh Allah, forgive him. Oh Allah, forgive him. What kind of heart would such an individual have? What kind of purity would such an individual have that your adversaries, you are making dua for such a person? Nonetheless, the physician asked him, Why do you ask Allah to forgive the one that inflicted the pain? He replied, tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, I would not want to be an adversary to a person that was from the progeny of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So immediately his heart goes to that Yawmul Liqa. Hassan al-Basri, rahimahumullah, now we've heard these names, these were pious beings, pious personalities. A person says, I observed his tahajjud. He completed his tahajjud. And after his tahajjud, it is the time of acceptance of dua. At that time, we'll all think about ourselves. We'll think about our families, our parents, our wives, our children, our progenies. It's about us and those who belong to us. But he makes a dua. Allahumma afu an man zalamani. Allahumma afu an man zalamani. Oh Allah, pardon the person that oppressed me, transgressed against me. This man says that he was so repetitive and then so passionate in that dua that after the tahajjud salat, I had to address him and I said to him, Oh Abu Sa'id, Hassan al-Basri, that the way you made this dua with such great passion for the person that oppressed you, your adversary, that I felt in my heart I should become your opponent so that I will become the recipient of such a dua. Now these were those people. So he replied, Allah says in the Quran, فَمَنْ أَصْلَحَ that person who forgives, who reconciles, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him. So brothers and friends, on the one hand, we are all in anticipation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness is always readily available if we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, one easy way, is forgive those who have wronged us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us. Now whether it be in our homes, our wives, our children, our siblings, whoever it may be, whatever the case may be, let us go back to them. Let us seek forgiveness. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu had one son from a woman that he married from the Banu Hanifa tribe. So this child, Muhammad, was he was known as Muhammad al-Hanafiya. He was, in our terms, the half-brother or the step-brother of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. They had the same father. Now in the cause of their lives, there were some reservations between the two. A small difference had crept up between the two. Muhammad al-Hanafiya, 
he writes to Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu that oh my beloved brother in the interest of your family you are better than me your mother was Fatima Zahra radiallahu ta'ala anha from the aspect of your nana your grandfather is none other than Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now when we have these little discords amongst us, we make everything look bad. But here is a person that is praising the virtue of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And however, Mahad's desire is to reconcile with you. But it may be better in your interest that you come to me and you reconcile. So history will have it recorded that Hassan went to Muhammad and you will be the better of the two of us. Brothers, this is how they were in those days. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability, the spiritual strength to see that it is not about the discourses and the differences of today. It is about us standing in the courts of Allah that if we forgive in the hadith, whoever lets go of an argument and he's right. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taken the guarantee of a house on the outskirts of Jannah for such an individual. Let us look at the bigger picture. Let us, let us set our eyes on the macro goal and that is standing tomorrow in the courts of Allah. Be it our spouses, our children, our siblings, whoever it may be, let us have that heart to forgive. And especially in these days that are running up to the month of Ramadan, let us not wait for Yawmul Eid for us to go out to our families. Let us begin the process now. May Allah wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant unity in our family structures, in our communities, in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wherever the ummah is suffering, especially at this time, our brothers and sisters and children in Turkey and in Syria that were affected by the earthquake and everywhere else, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate their difficulties. Whoever has lost near and dear ones, may Allah ta'ala grant them the highest of Jannatul Firdaus. Whoever is ill and sick, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them complete shifa. Before the sunnah, inshallah, the nikah will take place and then we will perform our sunnahs.